Veterinary Unicorns, my name is Amy Newfield and I'm both the host and owner of Veterinary Team Training. Check out all of our other blogs and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. Today I'm going to talk to you guys about burnout and I struggled with even wanting to broach this in a podcast because it's done a million times over. There are licensed social workers, there are psychologists that are skilled in truly having that conversation about burnout and really how to help yourself. But I finally decided, you know what, we need to talk about this because I'm seeing burnout at an all-time high like I've never seen it before. And even though I struggle with a little bit of imposter syndrome in talking about this topic, I'm hoping that what I say may connect or resonate with a few of you. I have been in this profession for 23 years to be exact. I guess that makes me a bit of a dinosaur as somebody said to me recently, a dino. I'll take that. I'm a dino and I'm going to own that. I have seen sort of these cycles in veterinary medicine where, you know, I've been through a recession that was pretty terrible in 2008 to go from a booming business to barely having any patients that came in the door. During that time, we saw animals getting thrown into shelters at record-setting rates. I have always seen the profession being short-staffed. I've always seen burnout. The suicide rates have always been there. And it's sad to say that we have not seen sort of an increase or an improvement in the mental health, uh, because I think that the struggles of veterinary medicine have always been there. But what I'm seeing now is a staff shortage like I've never seen before. And the other thing that I'm seeing now is burnout rates like I've never seen before. And I think we just need to have an honest conversation because no matter how skilled someone is or how credentialed they are in discussing mental health and burnout, The fact remains that the individual who's experiencing the burnout is the one who has to help themselves. And there may be some suggestions along the way. There may be some ideas that help that individual, but really that individual has to help themselves. And there are some individuals who are in such a bad headspace and so burned out They're not ready to accept help. They don't realize that they need help and it can be really a big struggle. So I just kind of want to share with you some of my own experiences and sort of some of my own reshaping of my mindset. Let's kind of talk about why I think, and again, I'm just one person, but why I think I'm seeing all-time high rates of burnout. I think there's a lot of factors. Obviously, the pandemic plays into that. All things known as 2020 now leading into 2021 does play into that. And when we think about burnout, we think of it as solely based of uh, focused on work. That's not the case. You can be burned out from your life. And so we are all seeing sort of this exhaustion of pandemic. I'm tired of hearing about it. I want life to go back to normal. I I don't even want to acknowledge that it exists, but obviously I have to acknowledge it because it affects everyday life. And there's a level of stress that even if you don't think you're that stressed out about it, you are. 
And when we have dysfunction at home, it does carry into our workplace environment. You know, as, as much as leaders want to say, leave, leave your home life at home, that's never going to happen. You're a human being. And when you come into work, you bring with you the burdens or the joys of what's going on in your home environment. And so I think that is kind of the first recognition. What's going on in my home environment does affect my work and vice versa. So we can't solely blame it on veterinary medicine, particularly this year. I think there's a lot of stresses. You know, we've got kids going back to school or not going back to school or going back to school and being pulled out of school or, you know, individual family members coming down with COVID or the fear of losing someone or maybe we've lost someone to COVID. And so the pandemic is a very real thing that's affecting our everyday life and it is stressful. So we can't blame it solely on veterinary medicine, but I do think it's adding to the stress that has always been in veterinary medicine. The second thing that I am seeing is the pandemic puppies and the COVID kittens, right? <laughs> I have never seen so many people adopting animals. And while that's wonderful, I think most of us in veterinary medicine worry about these animals and what's going to happen when people go back to normal life and they're not working at home and then the puppy starts to destroy the house. We know what's going to happen in veterinary medicine. We don't have to guess. A large percentage of these animals are going to end up back in the shelters. And I, I do think we're going to see this tragic influx into shelters like we've never seen before. That's going to break all of our hearts. But for right now, most of our hospitals, not all of them, are seeing record-setting case counts. And it's great that there's so many puppies and kittens and adopted dogs and cats but it does concern us. And, and with that comes the increased caseloads, right? Particularly in specialty medicine, they're seeing a lot more emergency cases, a lot more surgeries. So I think increased workload is adding to this burnout as well. And then the third thing that I think is really contributing to it is certainly the clients. And I love clients because Obviously, they are the reason why we do what we do. You know, pets don't come into the, to the veterinary clinic by themselves. And we have a responsibility to increase that pet owner bond in every interaction that we have. By keeping pets safe and healthy and getting them home to their owners, we are helping the client in ways that they will never be able to appreciate. But right now, a lot of us are doing curbside or we've got reduced hours or at times some of our hospitals have to close because the staff is actually sick with COVID. They are also, clients are also dealing with their own stresses at home. And I think they forget about the stress that we might be feeling in the veterinary hospital. While curbside, there are some benefits. I find that there's a lot more negatives to it. There's a huge disconnect from the client to the clinic. And even though they're just sitting in the parking lot right outside of the entrance doors, you they feel like they're miles away. When you take their pet away from them and that pet looks back like, mommy, why are you not coming with me into this scary place? Their heart is breaking. I know this because I had to do this with my own pets on a few occasions, just sitting in a parking lot. My hospital does not do routine pet care because it's specialty medicine only. Um, so we don't have vaccines. So I had to go to a general practice to get vaccines for my pets recently. And it sounds so stupid because your logical brain is going, they're right there. They're fine. I know the people inside that building, but 
I sat in the parking lot and watched my dog go away from me. My heart was broken and I felt so far away because I was outside of the building. And I think what ends up happening is that clients have a very short tolerance for that. And we see an angry level of clients I've never seen before. Um, There are some truly generous and appreciative clients who are, their accolades are outstanding and, and truly amazing at this time. But unfortunately, the clients that we're seeing are very angry and very demanding. And they are pounding on clinics doors and they are demanding you know, faster service. And it it can take a toll when we know we're running around with our heads chopped off because we've got seen, you know, 25% more cases than we ever have. And it does take longer to do curbside. It just does. Um, The good news is we are getting some serious step count in. And so I feel like that gives us the freedom to eat more pizza or whatever your sinful food is. Chocolate is mine Um, because we are getting a workout in our veterinary hospitals if you're doing curbside. So I think that we've we've got the same stress of veterinary medicine. It's always been there. I'm not making excuses for it. But I think the burnout rates that I'm seeing are so high because everyday life is now at a stress level of that at our works, right? So the stress level of our life has moved up to meet the work stress level. There's no break from the stress anymore. And then you combine that with the increased caseloads along with the cranky clients and feeling less appreciative, we're freaking burnt out. We just are. And so what really is burnout? Burnout is this cumulative process where you feel undervalued and unappreciative. And so I know that for a lot of you, you are feeling unappreciated right now. You are fried. You are just angry. You feel like no one deserves you working there or probably doesn't deserve you being the wife or, you know, mother or sister or brother or husband or, you know, whatever it is that you are to somebody in life. You're feeling unappreciated by them as well. And the demand has increased And so that's where the burnout comes. And burnout causes a lot of issues. It causes you to lose sleep at night. You wake up thinking about all the things that are coming up in the day. Uh, You go to bed angry. It, It plays a toll on your health because you go home. And I've heard this from a lot of veterinary professionals that they go home and now they reach for something to drink in the form of alcohol because they just need to relax and that's something that is a depressant and will sort of relax them at least for a temporary amount of time and it's not healthy but it is sad that that's what's happening right now in our profession and I'm seeing a lot of very unhealthy outlets food is one alcohol is another certainly drugs are another lack of sleep is occurring and it's starting to play a physical toll on our veterinary health professionals Besides that, when you take home the stress from work and you walk through your door and you don't leave the work at the door and you come home to an already stressed out family because they're stressed out because the kids haven't gone back to school and the husband's job or the wife's job is teetering on the edge um, and you know somebody in the family was recently diagnosed with COVID and you walk in and you start verbally vomiting the stresses of your day 
that is going to play a toll on your personal life. And then when your personal life is at a turmoil point and you're stressed out and you're fighting or you can't even relax at home, that is going to play into your professional life. I have burned out from a job and to be honest, in hindsight, it was partially my fault. I mean, I do think leadership probably should have recognized that I was saying yes to everything, but I was young and sort of, you know, to why I wrote the book, I oopsied my way into a management role and I was working 50 to 60 hours a week and I was on call more than anyone else and I was doing inventory, responsible for controlled substances, hiring, firing. I was also responsible for the hospital's finances and what that looked like. And it was exhausting. And I just kept saying yes to more and more and more things. And at one point, I just remember thinking, this clinic would fall apart without me. They don't deserve me. I'm not making enough money. And if you're having those thoughts, you probably are at a significant burnout right now. But here's the caveat. When we burn out, we have to look internally and recognize, did we play any role in that burnout? Because our response to the stress is the thing that's causing the burnout. And the other thing that's causing the burnout is because we do not set boundaries. We're terrible in veterinary medicine at saying no. I mean, we're caregivers by nature. That's why we went into this industry. And so we want to help. We want to care. We want to do what's best for the people around us and our veterinary patients. And so, yes, we'll do that. And yes, I'll come in. And yes, I'll stay late. But right now, when our mental health is suffering, we need to look internally and recognize that I didn't say no. And so in that job, I quit that job because I was burned out and feeling totally unappreciative. I, I did leave on good terms and I'm super happy that I did. And it probably wasn't until about 10 years later that I look back and, and thought to myself, I never said no. I never said no once. I didn't even tell them that I was burned out. And so we, we as veterinary leaders and managers and supervisors, if you're in one of those positions, we have to talk about mental health. And mental health is not mental illness. All of us have different mental health states. Some of our mental health states are happy and they're doing great and they're in a fantastic position. And in other of us, our mental health is failing and we're burned out and we're frustrated and we're not doing well. And it's become this taboo that when we say the words mental health, immediately everyone always thinks of yoga. I'm not sure why, but they think of yoga and meditation. And yes, those things might improve mental health. They're not for everybody. Um, There's certainly, a, a, you know, a lot of people who think it's, you know, oh, it's just crazy. I don't want to participate in anything like that. And there's other people who find a lot of solace and actually relief from that. I don't know why, but when you say mental health, we've got to improve mental health immediately. That's where everyone's brains go. Yoga and meditation. We're not bringing that into our hospitals. Don't you bring that crazy stuff into our hospital. There's, again, there's a lot of benefit to it. But really, when you say the words mental health, it's just talking about how you are mentally feeling. That's it. And I feel like at every single team meeting and with our individual teams, we have to bring up mental health. How's everybody's mental health doing? Because we have to recognize that everyone might be on a different mental state or they have different mental health. You know, my bandwidth might be bigger or smaller than that compared to someone else. And the stress that I can take on might be more significant than what someone else can handle. I don't know what another person's dealing with at home. And it, we have 
have to start really focusing on helping each other, but we don't have to fix each other. Just offer help, check in with each other, say, hey, you know, you don't seem like yourself today. Is everything okay? And even if that person doesn't want to talk like me, I, I like to squash my emotions down. When you say that statement, when you say, hey, I just want to check in with you. You don't seem like yourself today. Is everything okay? That says to that individual, I can see you. Something's not right. You're not acting yourself and I'm concerned. And even if I'm the person to turn around and say, I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm totally fine. I can still look inwardly and go, you know what? They care about me enough to ask. And that's a big deal. And so all we have to really do is just check in with each other. We cannot fix each other though. And that's really important. Ultimately, the person suffering from burnout is the one who has to reach out and accept the help or help themselves. And that can be really tricky if they don't even know that they're burned out. So talk to your team about burnout. Burnout is where you just don't care anymore. You're flat out angry. You're feeling fried. I think everybody knows what it is at this point. And then talk about healthy ways to help each other or help yourself, right? So again, checking in with other team members, even if you yourself are burned out, you don't have to be the counselor to this individual. You just have to check in with them and say, you know what? I think maybe you might want to go for a walk around the hospital or do you have anything fun planned? Really, that's all you have to do. Just listening to someone who's burned out, listening to their frustrations is important. But we as leaders have to do this. When you listen to someone and their frustrations and all the stresses of their home life, you need to have an outlet to let that go. If you have the ability to talk to a licensed social worker, a lot of health care plans now include employee assistance plans in which you can talk to someone. If that's beneficial to you, utilize that as a technique to offload some of your own stress. Because when we take on the stress of our teammates, it does weigh into our soul because we care about them. And so you have to develop these self-protective mechanisms and learn to say no. It's not normal to work 24-7. It's okay to say no. And if you're in a leadership role, you have to lead by example. And that's really hard. So many teams I hear right now is we can't, we don't even have time to eat lunch. Leaders need to go eat lunch. They should sit down. And this gives permission to the rest of the team to do so as well. And no one should be guilt shamed into eating food. That's ridiculous. And I know it's occurring in hospitals. Um, that just flat out angers me. Definitely don't do that. But I think we need to make sure that we're protecting each other by just simply checking in and offering simple suggestions. Again, you don't have to be the one to fix the individual. In fact, you don't have to continuously check in with them. It's nice to do so, but just checking in one or two times is a big deal. And then for yourself, find healthy ways to get rid of the stress. For me, I like to pound out the angry on trails. That's what I tell people. I go, I'm going to go pound out the angry on a trail. And exercise is not for everyone. I like to call it an active meditation because I enjoy it so much and it's so relaxing to me as I'm zipping through the woods. My dogs are with me. I hear the birds. I breathe the air. And yes, it's only two degrees Fahrenheit 
night this morning when I woke up here in Massachusetts. But honestly, it's so refreshing. It really is. And if that's not your jam, maybe yoga is. And if that's not your jam, then maybe television and just taking your mind off of the stress and watching something funny, but being engaged with that television show or playing a game, you know, whatever it is, find a healthy alternative to getting outside of the stress and relish those small moments and enjoy the beautiful things that are passing you by because they're passing you by because you're so stressed. I think we are at a, at a point in veterinary medicine where we need to take care of ourselves more than ever. This pandemic is not going on away anytime soon, though I hope it does go away this year. I can't predict the future. But what I know is we can't keep going at this pace and keep it up and be the best version of ourselves and for our patients and for our clients if we don't take care of ourselves. I wish I had all the answers and honestly, I do wish I had a magical wand that I could wave over the entire profession and decrease the stress level immediately, Um, but I don't. I just want you to recognize it because really to start taking care of yourself from burnout is to recognize it first. Recognize if you're contributing to your own burnout because you have not set boundaries. Talk to your manager and say, I cannot keep this pace up. I am burned out and I am afraid that if I continue this pace, you will not have me as an employee. I guarantee you that should get their attention. And if it doesn't, they're probably burned out too. I know that this is kind of a depressing podcast. And I also know that it doesn't come with all the solutions in the world. Merely, I just wanted to talk to you about the reasons that I think we're at an all-time high burnout. I wanted you to recognize that you might be burned out because recognition is first step, right? And then I wanted you to actively work to helping your mental health, whatever that is. I want you to also recognize you are more resilient than you believe yourself to be. You have come through a pandemic and you're still doing it. That's amazing. You know, while we're still in the pandemic, I you have seen some stuff. You have been through some changes. 2020 took us all for a ride and I don't know what 2020 is going to do, but I am strapped in and I'm ready to go. The fact is all of us are managing in some way, some better than others. Some feel like they're failing, but you're not failing. You're here and you're doing it and you're pretty awesome. And you know, I've said this before, but all of you are going to be able to wear this badge of honor. And it looks like something like this, hopefully in 10 years from now, maybe sooner, you're going to be working in a vet clinic and we're, pandemic's going to be long behind us. This is going to be one of those points in, in history that we say, oh, it was pre-pandemic or post-pandemic. And you're going to be at the veterinary hospital and a younger person's going to join your team and they're going to start complaining about something. And I promise you, you are going to say this. It's not as bad as it was in 2020. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say this back to you. Are you kidding? You worked in 2020 during the pandemic. What was that like? And then you're going to proudly tell this youngster, well, let me tell you about 2020 and working in a vet hospital during a pandemic. That's your badge of honor. And you are becoming more resilient now than you ever know you could be because you have been through all of this adversity. So be proud that you're managing. You are managing. But be sure to also take care of yourself. If nothing else, I just want to say you guys are awesome. You're rock stars and you are helping people 
in a time when they need their pets the most. This is super important. You know, right now they're struggling to in self-isolation. They've lost loved ones. They might have lost their job. And the pet is the joy that is keeping them going. And we are the people that keep that pet going. So all of you are essential workers and you are doing true heroes work. So thank you for everything that you do. You are all part of my veterinary team because to me, we're all one big veterinary family. Thank you for everything that you do. Keep on being unicorns. Check out all my other blogs and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com and have a wonderful day.